Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue Athletics. Here's your host, Kyle Charter. Purdue hasn't shot the ball well in the last two games, yet it's found ways to win with defense, rebounding, hustle, and Zach Eady. But the Boilermakers will need to try to reclaim their shooting stroke in the next two home games. That, the latest from football, with coordinators now joining Ryan Walter's staff in a game to be played in a couple of weeks on Cold and Black Radio. Kyle Charters here with Brian Newbert. Talk to Tom Deanhart here in a couple of minutes. Uh, Brian, Purdue stays undefeated 11-0 and after beating Davidson on Saturday. Purdue was in control of, of that game most of the way. Zach Eady had another big one, 29-16. Perhaps he will be Big Ten Player of the Week now for the, what, third consecutive uh, week. He was really good. Purdue probably, not probably, Purdue definitely, at some point needs to hit a jump shot or 10, somewhere there. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that, that's the simple part of it here is that um, Purdue's just, you know, struggling to shoot the ball. Um, but things are um, things aren't always going to be easy. And, you know, this is the exact same two-game swing after Purdue got to be number one last year. You remember they got beat at Rutgers, and then they mm-hmm. they were uh, not very good against North Carolina State and had to survive that one much the same way they had to survive uh, Nebraska, except for the fact that they weren't good enough to be up 14 points against North Carolina State. They were – they didn't have it that day. And, um, you know, Purdue just kind of got through these last two games and they would have played out very differently. It's, you know, I always say it sounds like over, oversimplification, but uh, both of these games would have played out very differently had Purdue not um, shot, as poor, shot, shot as poorly as they did uh, from three-point range. Um, and, there's no real rhyme or reason to it. It's it's you've got good enough shooters. You're making good enough passes. You're sharing the ball. You're you're doing everything right. You're getting the right shots. You're just not making them. And um, there's two ways to look at that. Either Purdue's not a great shooting team, period, and this is just kind of what they're going to have to do all year, or um, you know they're owed a lot of makes, as Matt Painter likes to say. And sooner or later, uh, you know, quote unquote water is going to find its level and everything's going to, everything's going to balance out. But I think that Purdue uh, is a good shooting team. I've, I, I've, a lot of these guys are proven. Uh, I, I covered all these guys in recruiting. I know what Fletcher lawyer can do. I know what, um, you know, uh, Brandon Newman can do. I know what Mason Gillis and Caleb first and, all of these guys yeah. can do. Uh, Ethan Morton showed you last year what he can do. Uh, it's just a matter of doing it. I mean, there's. it's just about them missing shots. It's not about anything beyond that. They've got the interior presence, obviously, to get them the shots. They've got the savvy to get the shots. They're doing everything right. They're just not making the shots. Um, so yeah. we'll kind of see where this goes from there. Um, but it, it's that simple. Yeah, 10 of the last 54 from three-point range during the last two games, even if they hit two more per game and are 14 for 54, which still is not very good, <laughs> the games are are, are likely uh, at least a lot easier, if not blowouts. 
Purdue's going to continue to get open shots. I mean, Zach Eady is garnering so much attention, especially in these last two games when the, the teams have tried to throw extra guys at him, it seems like. Purdue's getting open looks. And as you said, I mean, you go down the list here and you, you have seemingly guys who hit shots. I thought against Davidson it looked like Purdue was, like, trying to guide them in, you know what I mean, instead of just shooting the ball uh, a little bit. And I, I do think there is something to – if you've started to miss some, that it just sort of cascades a little bit on you. It feels to me like Purdue can probably reverse this at some point. It just needs to sooner rather than later. Yeah, um, but what's a little bit disconcerting about this is now that the entire outlook of Purdue's season has changed with this 11-0 start is that you've kind of seen Purdue's floor here and, you know, you worry about this popping up at the wrong time later in the season when the games mean more. Yeah. And um, But they're a good shooting team. They're doing everything right. I mean, as, as I just said, um, you know, uh, before, I just think there's I, – I just don't think there's any real huge causation to this. I think it's just a matter of they're just, they're just not making shots. And, you know, I don't know if it's infectious. I don't know why it would be infectious, but um, – the one thing I've kind of never understood about basketball is when one guy starts making shots and everybody else does, and when one guy's missing shots and everybody else is, why? <laughs> you know, that doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. Um, but sometimes that's how it works. And, uh, you know, as I said before, and I can't say it too many times here, is I, I think Purdue's doing everything else right beyond just making the shots. Uh, so yeah. we'll kind of see if it, the floodgates just kind of open and stay open here. Uh, before long, or if this is just something that, you know, um, they're going to have to plow through. Now, the good part of this is that you've at least uh, shown yourself here that you can win other ways, even if you're not making threes. You'd like it to be easier, but expecting things to be easy is not a great strategy. Um, So you've shown you can defend well enough. You've shown you can just fall back on your rebounding. You've shown you can fall back on Zach Eady. You've shown you can you can out hustle people too and win games, and that's really important. It's it's there's something to be said too for struggling this time of year too, and 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 proving to yourself that you can get through it. And that's that that's kind of what Purdue's done here. As I said last year, as soon as Purdue hit number one, they lost the game, and they should have lost the game. Um. You know, that was – it was not a coincidence that that kind of thing happened at that time. I think this team's profoundly different than last year's team, but, you know, you're you're going to have tough games on your hands here uh, in the situation Purdue's in. And, you know, Purdue got through them without um, things being easy on them because they didn't shoot the ball well. Let's take a quick break here. We'll come back. We'll talk more hoops with Brian here in just a moment on Gold and Black Radio. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying or selling farmland, your local Acre Pro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit acrepro.com or call 765-587-3185 to talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-587-3185. Ring in your new year at Sand Valley. Begin the evening with a champagne toast and in a chef-driven menu, complete with curated wine pairings, and celebrate with live music. Stay the weekend as there's plenty of exploration and adventure to enjoy. To reserve your stay, call 
844-277-0191 or visit sandvalleypursuits.com backslash New Year's Eve. Now, Brian, we saw the return of, of Mason Gillis uh, on Saturday. I, you know, once he gets his legs back under and gets a little bit healthy, I mean, I think he could make a big difference to that offense as well. Just a great sort of weak side corner shooter. Um, and Purdue has had that shot and missed it here a lot over the last couple of games. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what to add to that. Um, they're good. They're, they're getting great threes, but they're just not making them. And uh, the more guys you can have who can make them, the better your chances are of, you know, them starting to go in. Um, you know, Gillis is a guy who I, you know, I, I think is, is just going to amplify Purdue's strengths even more because he's, he's, he's everything Purdue's good at. He's plays hard. He rebounds, he makes threes. Um, uh, you know, he, he kind of has the knack for that, sort of game-changing sort of energy spark. Um, mm-hmm. But Caleb Purse is giving you that, you know, and then some right now too. Yeah. So I guess there's no such thing as too much of a good thing. Um, I guess we'll kind of find out here. Uh, you know, Purdue had that, you know, to start the season, and then they lost Gillis for these last three games. Um, and now we'll see if he, if he comes back to form pretty quick. Um, looked a little bit rusty to me uh, yesterday. Um, and, you know, the, the bench in, in general was not good. Um, and, uh, yeah. you know, the game changed as soon as Purdue went to its bench. Uh, it was 9 nothing when Matt Painter made his first subs. And, you know, that, that, that didn't reflect well on the guys who came in off the bench. And why that is, I have no idea. Um but that's just kind of the way it was. Uh, and, you know, thank heavens from Purdue's perspective for Zach Eady because he's just – he buoys you every night. You know, he, he's, he's, he's just that, that absolute rock uh, for Purdue is every night you're getting the exact same thing. And it doesn't matter if you can't pass him the ball. Uh, he's going to get it himself off the glass, and he's going to still produce. And, you know, for a guy who's, who's being – having the ball taken out of his hands, you know, pretty effectively here lately, um, you know, to still go still go nine for 11 and get whatever he got, you know, close to 30 and 15, whatever his final, his final numbers were. I don't even remember. And they're all running together at this point anyway. It's just, yeah. it's every single game. It's, it, it's, it's, uh, you just kind of, you just kind of take it for granted. When it's not there, you'll probably notice and uh, wonder what's wrong with Zach Eady. But um, <laughs> he's just been – you just can't say enough about what he's done for Purdue this year. He's the same guy every day. The effort is the same every single day. He doesn't change no matter what the circumstances are. He he handles success well. Uh, he handles struggles well. He's There's just – he just doesn't waver. And – that's an enormous part of the reason why Purdue's in the position it's in here. You just could not have asked for any more from Zach Eady than what he's he's been able to give you here thus far through 11 games. Yeah, I think you said it, I, and I, I hadn't even really considered it until we just started talking now, but of all the things that he is doing really, really well, the consistency might be the, the best thing. I mean, you do just sort of take it for granted. He went for 29 and 16, and you're like, oh, that was a good game. 
<laughs> yeah. Chalk it up another one. Um, but he has been really consistent. I mean, he's been very – that's hard to that's – a, that's a difficult thing sometimes for a guy who is seven foot four um, to be that consistent. Uh, but he's been really good every game. And right now he's not getting enough help. I mean, think about think about what yeah. this would be if, if if Purdue was making thirty percent of its threes or thirty five percent of its threes, um, and all of a sudden you're chasing people out of some of the pressure they're putting on him. Right now he's yeah. he's going and getting the ball himself off the glass, and he's 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 finding ways to produce. Now that being said, they are doing a good job in pick and roll with him, and you know they are finding him you know kind of here and there in positions to score but this isn't like he can just get 30 clean post touches every game against a single he will not see single coverage again all year long um yeah. even in the Big 10 who has bodies enough to at least play play him straight up to a certain extent but what what he's doing this in the face of is just Purdue's ever seen with any of these great big guys they've had um any of those guys, if you had done to them what people are doing to Zach Eady in terms of triple and quadruple teaming them at times and stuff like that, they wouldn't be producing this way. And those were great players. Those were all Americans. Caleb Swanigan was the best player in college basketball probably his his sophomore year. And if you had put four dudes on him, uh, you know, stuff like that, I, I don't know if he would have – I don't know if he would have been producing to this extent. Uh, it's just – Zach Eady's doing things that, you know, Purdue has not seen done. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. No problem. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk to Tom about a little bit of football. We'll do that coming up next on Golden Black Radio. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill Industrial and Classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse but handles like a bistro. Eastern Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Eastern Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue Athletics. Kyle Charters here with Tom Deanhart to talk a little bit of football. Purdue will play a game here in a couple of weeks. Also, the staff coming together a little bit for 
uh, Ryan Walters, the new coach of the Boilermakers. Tom, you guys reported last week Graham Harrell will be the offensive coordinator. Uh, Kevin Kane, the defensive coordinator. Those have yet to be, I don't think, uh, announced officially. But uh, Purdue seems to have a a good – the start of a good young staff here with Ryan Walters. Yeah, boy, young seems to be the operative word, right, Kyle? Uh, yeah. All three guys, the head coach and both coordinators, under 40 years old. That even has to make you feel a little bit young, right? Or old, I should say. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, but, sir. You know, they, they, come with, they come with some nice credentials, some leafy resumes, if you will, for young guys. Graham Harrell, I'm sure if listeners are familiar with his background as you know, one of those prolific Michael Leach quarterbacks down in Texas Tech, OC already at places like USC and uh, most recently West Virginia, you know, the air raid guy from that air raid family. And, you know, Kevin Kane played a Kansas linebacker under Mark Mangino in the early 2000s and a coordinator like Northern Illinois for Dave Dorn and Rod Carey was at SMU with Sonny Dykes. So uh, he comes with some nice coaching chops, too. And he's he's a guy you got to think, right, Kyle, that, that Ryan Walters really trusts, um, knows his system. Yeah. He's at Illinois with him the last two years. A guy, Kyle, maybe calls the defense. Who knows? So, again, uh, if you're again if you're Ryan Walters, you probably want one guy like that on your staff that really was familiar with you. Yeah, I think so. And especially, you know, knows what you want to get done uh, with that defense like they did at Illinois. Do you think – Tom, do you think did, – did Purdue go young here intentionally, or is that sort of just how things have worked out? I think probably was a, a conscious decision, and that's just a guess on my part, Kyle. Um, kind of zigging on everybody's zagging, at least in the Big Ten West. We see Matt Rule at Nebraska, Wisconsin, yeah. and then here's Purdue as a 36-year-old guy who's never been a head coach. So I, mean, I, I got to think um, – you know, maybe, maybe Bobinski, I'm sure, went in this thing with an open mind, Kyle. Who knows? Maybe that was it, and this was the one guy who really stood out, or maybe it was a conscious decision. So I, I guess yeah. maybe we'll know at some point down the road. Um, again, maybe Ryan just really blew him out of the water. But, again, you know, it, it, it is an outside-the-box hire to a degree, but I will say this. I'm sure maybe I've talked to you about this. If you do look around college football, and even the NFL, the trend has been to hire these, these young head coaches, right? Yeah. Um, and in college, you know, with Dan Lanning in Oregon and Kenny Dillingham got the job at Arizona State. He's 32 years old. So we, we've just seen another uh, group of younger guys. You know, Ryan Day wasn't experienced when he got the Ohio State job. And in the NFL, it's really been, uh, I guess, uh, an epidemic, if you will, with the Sean McVeighs and oh, – O'Connell, what at Minnesota, the head coach at, uh, at, 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 at with the Cincinnati Bengals, is another young guy uh-huh. as well, and on and on it goes. So, so again, in some ways this has been a little bit of a trend, and you know I'm sure the uh, a hire like Ryan Walters is really going to resonate with recruits and with the roster. And I think we've already seen that to a degree with with the current roster and how he was received last Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of time between when we know whether this group can win or not. But uh, as we evaluate things right now, um, it seems like Purdue won the week last week in a, in a lot of ways from a football perspective. Um, you know, yeah. setting aside maybe the current 
things going on with the you know bowl prep and guys opting out. But when you look at it from a a changeover of the uh, of the staffs from from the Jeff Brom era to now Ryan Walters, it went all right for Purdue. It seems like. Yeah, boy, I think the press conference last Wednesday, you were there. I think uh, it went real well. And, um, yeah, everything seems to be hitting on, on all cylinders. I think both the coordinator hires have been well-received by the public for what that's worth. I do think it matters, especially the offensive hire. A lot of people were, were wondering maybe what this offense would look like with the defensive head coach. I think bringing in a guy like Carroll has to ease some fears, if there were any fears out there of fans of, about if Purdue was going to get away from being, you know, a quarterback-centric offense. And now, you know, the the hard work continues, though, Kyle, right? Um, staff has to continue to be built here. I think, yeah, I think another hire has been made. Um, just a matter of uh, when this thing pops out there. Uh, and I, I do think a strength coach is probably in the fold as well. So I, he's been a busy man, I believe. We're going to probably learn more here in the next week what this staff looks like as we get deeper into the positions. And then you know what, too, Kyle? Roster retention, transfer yep. portal, the 2023 recruiting class. I mean, there's a lot There's a lot on Ryan Walters' plate, right? There's been 70 commitments uh, from the 2023 kids. Signing day is the 21st. We haven't seen any real other Purdue players jump in the portal since December 5th. We'll see what happens in the next couple of days. And we haven't seen Purdue lure anybody out of the portal yet. So there's a lot still to be altered here in a very short period of time, you think. Yeah, a lot of work to be done. We'll see what signing day looks like uh, on Wednesday. Has it been a surprise at all that we have not seen, uh, just because of any in any coaching change situation, you see guys jump in the portal these days, but we have not seen a ton of that still too soon if we were going to see that, or is it telling maybe of guys being on board with this transition? I think maybe the guys want to see who the head coach is going to be before you make a rash decision, right? Uh, But we've been how many days out from that now, Kyle? Almost a week, five days or so Uh out from that hiring, and we haven't seen anybody jump in, so who knows? You know, there were some rumblings of, of a mass exodus, if you will, just a week or two ago, and that hasn't happened. I don't know if it will happen. Maybe, again, this is a sign that the, the players are happy with the direction of the program and the, and the appointment of Ryan Walters. We shall see, right? So uh, portal stays open until, I think, January 18th. So uh, I'm sure some guys are going to jump in. We'll just have to sit tight and see what happens. I'm t- I think more more curious is who who Purdue can get out of the portal, right, Kyle? Uh, yeah. That, that, that's going to be the fascinating thing, and I think all eyes are on the quarterback spot. Uh, I believe Purdue wants a quarterback out of the portal. Uh, can it get one? Or can it get a quality quarterback? So and I'm sure they're 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 you know going over rosters and uh, resumes as we speak of guys who are in the portal, quarterbacks who are in the portal in particular, and maybe trying to see their interest in coming to Purdue. Meanwhile, Purdue continues to prep for the Citrus Bowl. Had some opt-outs mm-hmm. uh, last week. Many of them we thought were were probably coming, um, particularly on offense. What mm-hmm. are the Boilermakers mm-hmm. going to look like when they line up against LSU? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I'm working on a, on a story kind of on that stuff now, next man up, you know, who's going to have to step up in the, in the wake of these big, huge opt-outs, right? Aiden O'Connell, Charlie Jones, Payne Durham, uh, Corey Twice. I don't think Jalen Graham's going to play, Kyle. And there's talk about maybe another key player opting out here. So it's going to be, you know, a loss that's going to have to require a lot of guys to step up. If Purdue wants to pull off this upset, this is turning into a Rocky Balboa versus Apollo Creed situation, isn't it, Kyle? <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty a decided, under, <laughs> decided underdog. But you know what? Who knows? You know, crazy things happen. Maybe this is a program at this point, a team that's got nothing to lose. They're sort of a band of brothers at this point. They've been they've been abandoned by, by their star players, and, and that can serve as a rallying point. So who knows how this will affect this team psychologically. But I would think, again, you get that circle of the wagons mentality, us against the world. Hey, let's go show everybody out there that just because we lost these guys, we still we still have a good team and can still maybe win this ball game. Shouldn't Purdue just come out and run the triple option or something? Or the beer? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm somewhat, I'm joking, but I'm also somewhat serious. Just do something Have crazy. Have some fun. Maybe we'll yeah. do some trick plays. I know Brian Brown doesn't want to make a mockery of it, but I'm sure he's maybe got a trick or two up his sleeve maybe that we'll see come January 2nd. Because like I said, you got nothing to lose if you're Purdue. If you can somehow get this thing in the second half, who knows what happens then. And, again, always, always remember this X factor, too. What's LSU's motivation, Kyle, as well? And how fired up are they going to be? Remember the Kansas State story back in 1998 for a super-dated reference. I think their shoulders were slumped when they had to trudge off to the Alamo Bowl to play lowly Purdue, right? And we know what happened that night in San Antonio. So who knows? Maybe LSU has no interest in going to play a Purdue team that's missing all of its best players. So, again, just a lot of X factors, emotional things that, that uh, we don't know how are going to unfold here. Thank you, Tom. Take care, buddy. All right, that'll do it for the podcast for this week. We appreciate you listening. Appreciate the sponsors as well. If you like the podcast, give us five stars. Leave us a comment. Be sure to subscribe via your favorite podcast app. All right, that'll do it for this one more throughout the week. Uh, thanks to Brian Newbert and Tom Deanhart. I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Lock Radio.